Thank you for coming here today. I start a new series um, today, and the title of the series is Go-To Verses for When the Going Gets Rough. Go-To Verses for When the Going Gets Rough. Um, why did I name that, this series, that? Go-To Verses when the Going Gets Rough. Because um, these verses or or passages that I'm going to be preaching on in July and August are actually verses that I have personally selected uh, through my own uh, experiences and trials in the last, well, I would say five to seven, eight years as we have been doing interim pastoral work uh, throughout the Northwest. As we have gone to different churches, there have been a constant variety of peaks and valleys and uh, difficult situations uh, and things that cause us to be afraid. And I don't want to, I, you say, man, you sound so wimpy, but I, am I the only one that sometimes gets afraid? Okay. Um, this side agreed with me. You did not move over there. <laughs> so there's a difference, and I'm not sure what it is. But, um, you know, when you get into difficult challenges and impossible-looking situations and overwhelming odds and deep discouragements uh, and crucial decisions that you have to make in life, sometimes you can get afraid. You can get afraid of all kinds of things. And um, these are verses that, as I've read through the Bible, I've written down, and when I get to the point of fear or anxiety or worry or things like that, I go to this list and I just read them Slowly, I meditate on them. I pray through them. They've become my special uh, set of verses as I've read through the entire Bible. And there are about 10 or 12 of them. I'm going to uh, narrow them down to maybe seven or eight or nine of them, and I'm going to preach them to you. And so this uh, series today has very, very personal aspects uh, um, in my life. And here's the great thing, and I hope it doesn't sound like I'm bragging because I'm not, but they actually work. They actually come true. Now, I have to revisit them over and over again as different fears face me and different worries face me, but they work. And so I'm so happy to be here this morning and through the summer to preach to you about verses that actually work if we apply them properly. Um, I've preached on some of these before years ago, but I don't think I knew what I was talking about. You know? I, re I look back at that and I go, that's completely wrong. That's, that has nothing to do with reality. You know, when you're a young preacher, um, no, I'll go, I, I won't even talk about that, but, when, uh, but I've relearned and deepened and been more seasoned by these verses, and, uh, and they have meant so much more to me in my, in my life. And I rely on them, and I pray through them, and I'm excited to to preach about them. Today, I'm going to start with the subject of fear. The subject of fear. The title of the message today is Facing Your Fears Because I Get Afraid. Fear threatens me, and it threatens you too. It threatens all of us. None of us are immune from being afraid about things, okay? Um, and like I said, the verses that we're going to be looking at to, throughout this series, but especially today and when I preach on anxiety and worry, which I'll be preaching on also, um, they, uh, they will help us deal with our fears. 
Everybody has fears. Everybody has uh, impossible situations. And uh, fear is paralyzing. Fear is destructive. Fear is draining. It weakens us. And if you've ever looked up on the, the online, uh, you, and I have, uh, there are hundreds of fears, even thousands. And a lot of them are ridiculous, you know. There's, I heard the fear, I'm not trying to be funny here, but it is kind of fear of mushrooms I heard the other day. Why, I don't know. But there's all kinds of these crazy fears, irrational phobias that people have. Okay, but I'm not going to talk about those because I don't think those are really, um, you know, common fears. But what I'm going to talk about is fears like, for people like us, fear of disease, fear of um, war, fear of where our country is headed, fear of rejection, fear of human opinion, fear of unmet needs, fear of being alone. Fear of unemployment or financial ruin or not having enough money at the end of the month or too much month at the end of the money, how some people say. Uh, fear of um, death. Fear of death. Fear of the future. Boy, oh boy, that's a common fear. Fear of the unknown. Fear of what's going to happen to our children. Parents, do you ever have a fear of what's going to happen to your children? Fear of what's going to happen to your grandchildren. Fear of what's going to happen to your parents. Okay? Fear of uh, being persecuted for our faith. Okay? If not for us, my age, but for my, my children's age or grandchildren, now that I'm a grandparent. Okay? Um, so whatever, the, the, fill in the blank, whatever your, your fears are. Just fill in the blank. I can't name them all. But regardless of how you fill in the blank, um, what we're going to talk about today applies to you and to me as believers in Christ, okay? Because we need to know how to deal with our fears. We can't walk around in a state of fear. It's just not, well, I'll tell you why in a minute, but we can't do that. But if we, ha if we don't deal with our fears, here's what happens. We can't be at peace. You can't be filled with fear and fi be filled with God's peace at the same time. You can't be filled with uh, a sense of security and calm and tranquility and be filled with fear at the same time. So it's either one or the other. There's no neutral gear here. And so it's incumbent upon us to find out how to deal with our fears or face our fears. Um, I like what Chuck Swindoll says. He says, undealt with fear... Fear that is undealt with strikes quickly to transform our spiritual muscle into mental mush. I love the way that guy uses words. Undealt with fear strikes quickly to transform spiritual muscle into mental mush. We can be as spiritual as we want to be, but when fear latch, you know, gets us in a chokehold or latches onto us, it can turn that spiritual strength into mental mush. And so we're going to talk about facing our fears or your fears today, and we're going to be using Isaiah 41.10. Um, and I can remember, my friends, sitting in my favorite chair in the living room. How many people have a favorite chair? We all, we all have our favorite chair. And we sit in that, and I sit just taking this verse apart, piece by piece by piece. Fear not, for I am with you. 
Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my right, my righteous right hand. See, my eyes are closed, right? Because I said it so many times. I didn't memorize it on purpose. <laughs> I said that so many times and took that apart that verse into so many pieces that it became part of me. And I need that verse when dealing with fears. Okay, yeah. So let's ask three questions this morning. Where does fear come from? First of all, why is it so important that we deal with our fears that we have? And then how do we do that? And then we'll really dive into um, Isaiah 41.10. First of all, where does fear come from? Well, we know where it doesn't come from, right? Where does fear not come from? God. Simply uh, 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. I don't like the NIV there. They say tim- timidity, right? Put that back up, will you? If you would, Second Timothy one seven, was that up there yet at all yet? Oh, it wasn't. Up. Okay, I thought it was up. I just saw the screen go blank. But Second Timothy one seven, uh, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So we know it doesn't come from God. So if we're afraid, and I'm not talking about healthy fears, God has given us healthy fears as kind of an early warning system to take care of us. Right? There are some things that we should be afraid of. Okay? But I'm not talking, we're not talking about those. We're talking about fears that, that, that we should not be um, obsessed with. Okay? Some of us get obsessed with the, some of the fears that I mentioned. Okay? They don't come from God. They never come from God. Also, um, uh, there are, well, I'll just let me mention three sources of, of unhealthy fear in our life. Since they don't come from God, what, what, sor- what is the source of our fears? Well, first of all, the world around us. I guarantee you, this is, I would bet good money on this. You watch an hour of the evening news. I would bet good money that you are not encouraged after that. You are, well, your blood pressure will rise, number one, but you will be afraid or fear or anxiety or whatever will capture you. And in the world, uh, inspires us to be afraid. Jesus said, peace I give to you, in John 14, uh, 27. Uh, yeah, 14, 27. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives I give I unto you. Let your, not, let your heart not be troubled, neither let it be what? Afraid. Jesus says, I'll give, you, I'll give you freedom from fear, but don't try to find it in the world. There's not enough, not enough cars. There's not enough money power. There's not enough pleasure. There's not enough in this world to take our fears away. Maybe for a, a few moments, but then they come rushing back to us like a wave, right? You can't conquer fear by the world's means. So the, the world causes fear. Secondly, we cause our own fear. That's why verses like this in Isaiah 41, verse 10 are there. Fear not, for I am with you. Who is he talking to? You and I, via Israel. Because we invent our own fear. Don't raise your hand. I'm not here to embarrass you, but I'll raise my hand. Uh, How many have invented your own fear? Oh, man, I do that all the time. The fear about talking with someone about something, that I have to talk with them. If you're in ministry, you have to talk to people about stuff you don't want to talk to them about. 
and, uh, and it almost always ends well. But inside you're thinking, I really don't want to have this conversation. And so fears. Fears about all kinds of things. They come from us. And then there's uh, fear from Satan or that, that originates from Satan. When we were going through Hebrews chapter 2, and I should read this to you because just to prove my point, I, I like to prove my point when I preach, you know, and... and uh, because if I use the word of God, nobody can argue with me. Okay. Chapter 2 of Hebrews 14. Chapter, uh, verse 14 of Hebrews chapter 2, rather. Since the children have flesh and blood, that's us, he too shared in our humanity, that's Jesus. So that by death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Some people, their whole lives, are afraid to die because Satan has injected... And, and he, I'm, we're, I'm counting believers here. Some of you here today, you're afraid to die, even though you're a born-again unbeliever. Why? Because Satan has said, well, you, you're the exception to the rule. You can't get in because you're such a scumbag. And I don't care whether you're a Christian or not, you're not going to make it because you're, you're going to get in front of the Lord and he's going to say, but you sinned this much and you were this way and that way. And the devil pulls the wool over our eyes and says... You're going to die, and you're going to go to hell. And take the secular world, um, how different cultures and peoples without Christ behave about death. Death is a very, very scary thing. And it comes from Satan. That's where fears come from, the world, the flesh, and the devil. Now, why is it so important to break those fears? Why? Why is it so important? Well, for two reasons. First of all, for our own mental uh, spiritual, emotional, and physical well-being. The impact of fear can have a huge effect on our health, mental, emotional, and physical health. I was looking at a study that was done by the University of Minnesota. And let me read to you their, um, their results. They did a study on the health consequences of living in fear. Physical health. Fear weakens our immune system and can cause cardiovascular damage. Gastrointestinal problems such as ulcers and irritable bowel syndrome and decreases fertility. It can lead to accelerated aging and even premature death. And then they talked about how fear can affect our memory. Um, what was I saying? I can't remember. Uh, fear can impair formation of long-term memories and cause damage to certain parts of the brain such as the hippocampus, is there such a thing called a hippocampus in the brain? I thought that's you go on campus and there's a hippo running around and you're scared to death, you know. I guess there's something in there called the hippocampus. Where they got that name, I don't know. Anyway, they can make it even more difficult to regulate fear and can leave a person anxious most of the time. To someone in chronic fear, the world looks scary and their memories confirm that. Chronic fear, according to this study, can also affect our brain processing and re reactivity. Fear can interrupt processes in our brains that allow us to regulate emotions, read nonverbal cues, and other information presented to us, reflect before acting, and act ethically. Fear impacts our thinking and decision-making in negative ways, leaving us susceptible to intense emotions and impulsive reactions. All these effects can leave us unable to act appropriately. And finally, their studies showed us that fear uh, uh, 
damages our mental health. Other consequences of long-term fear include fatigue, clinical depression, and PTSD. God does not want us to be a slave to those things, okay? He says, actually, he really, there's a verse in the scriptures that, that address that in Romans chapter 8, uh, verses 15 and 16. It says this, um, For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. God put the Holy Spirit in us so that we weren't a slave to fear. But you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. So God doesn't want us to be a slave to, to our fears, whether they come from the world or ourselves or the devil or his minions assigned to us, uh, whatever, wherever it comes from. And so God wants us healthy, not subjected to fear. He wants us mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally healthy. That's one reason why we need to deal with our fears. The other reason is because of our witness. I mean, I don't know if there's a time in our life history that we can be a more effective witness to the watching world because our world is in trouble. I mean, when you think about it, okay, and I mentioned some of those things at the beginning of the message. There are so many things going on that are stealing people's emotional well-being. Then who should stand out in a world that is um, just enveloped in uh, depression and darkness and fear and anxiety? It should be you and I. Fear ruins our testimony. And most of us have neighbors or family that don't know Christ or friends that don't know Christ ad infinitum. And when they see us, uh, not only personally, but in terms of society itself, uh, not afraid. Not overcome by anxiety because of all the, the current events and stuff then they see something that nobody else has, and that something is freedom from fear through the truths that we're now going to look at in Isaiah 41.10 as, as believers. They're looking for certainty. They're looking for hope. They're looking for some kind of optimism in a world with constant threats and uncertainty of all kinds. They want to be free from their fears, and you and I as Christians can provide that example without saying a word. And we should say words when the time comes, but in the meantime, we can glorify God by dealing with our fears. And that's what's the third and last question that we're going to deal with this morning, and that is, how can we break the force of fear in our lives? How can we do that? Well, let's go back to Isaiah 41.10. Isaiah 41.10. Uh, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do, me, do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I can, I can think of my mind, in my mind, of sitting in my living room chair, faced with fears, and going through these truths and, and just sensing the fear just kind of draining out of my, my chest, my mind. Why? What is it about this, these this incredible verse um, that can break the force of our fears. Well, first of all, uh, there are four things I think we need to really look at here. First of all, I skipped by this so many times, and I'm ashamed to say it, but I'm not going to skip by it today. This is not a suggestion. 
Did you ever notice that? It's not, you know, if you feel like it, if you're up to it, you know, eh, don't be afraid. No, 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 no. This is a command. This is a command. It's like when Jesus, same thing that Jesus did in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6, 25 and 34. Do not worry about tomorrow. Same thing Paul did in Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Don't be anxious about anything. It's not a suggestion. Why would God command us not to be afraid or anxious, worried? Because we're wrapped up into it. It's like, you ever get a package that's shrink-wrapped? We're shrink-wrapped with fear. And God has to take us by the lapel or the collar or the shoulders or the ears and say, don't be afraid. You don't have to, and it's not worthy of a child of God. We have to be shaken out of it. I know that's true for me myself because we get so enveloped and swallowed up by it, we need to be shaken out of that. Now, the context of this is that they're, they've been kidnapped. That would cause fear, huh? You, anybody here ever been kidnapped? No? Not, neither have I, but they, they were kidnapped. They were taken from Israel to Babylon against their will. It's called the Babylonian exile in the scriptures. And they're in a pagan land that is denying the true God, they are in a, a nation of, uh, how would I call it, immorality. I made the mistake. Have you ever made the mistake, looked on a search and gone to the wrong website? And by wrong, I mean wrong. Yeah. And so I thought, oh, Babylon. I'm going to look up Babylon. I'm going to look up Babylon. And so I looked at Babylon. Wish I hadn't looked up Babylon. Because there are some images that of, of ancient stuff but that I didn't really want it lodged in my mind. It was a very immoral place. They're kidnapped. They're out of control. They're in a very immoral place. A society that's sliding downward. Sound familiar? We're living in it. And they were afraid. They were afraid maybe they'll never get back to their land. They did eventually, but they're in the pagan nation of Babylon. And God is shaking them up, saying, don't be afraid. Get a grip. Okay, so realize this is a command. And if we don't obey this command, we're not obeying God's commands. Let's go to the second one here. This is my favorite of the four. I know there are four, and you're not supposed to have favorites, but this is my favorite. God is always with us. Always. What God, you might ask? God. God, God. Okay, look at the second thing here. Do not be dismayed. Oops, excuse me. So do not fear, that's a command. For what? Who's with him? The great I am. The great I am that, 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 that revealed his self to Moses. The great I am. And I know that if you go through this verse, you say, oh, the, the, ooh, I am. I, it, it's like I am with you in this worship center right now. Now, that's how I would say it. But I changed that 
because I wanted to. And I read it going, do not fear for I am is with you. The I am is with you. God is with us how often? Always. There's never a time when the great I am, the great creator of the universe, is not fully and completely there with us. When you're driving in your car, when you're shopping, when you're, uh, whatever you're doing. If, as a, if you're a Christian, God is always there with you. All of God is always there with you all of the time, right there with you. Now, here's the problem, is that we become temporary unbelievers, don't we? <laughs> I'm not saying we could lose our salvation, but when our circumstances threaten us, God somehow goes away. And we, in our mind, get wrapped up into our shrink-wrapped fear issues, and he's still there. We've just lost him temporarily, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, psychologically. But he never went anywhere because he's omnipresent. I mean, God's omnipotent, he's omniscient, he's sovereign, but let's talk in terms of our fears. God is always, all of God is always with us all of the time. You say, Mitch, can you explain that just a little bit more clearly? No. But it's true, according to the, the, the word of God. He's, God is never out of the picture in terms of our circumstances. I want an amen. God is never out of the picture when it comes to our circumstances. I mean, come on now. Let's get excited about that. I know you're going to go home and blow off some of those fire. You probably live near me. You're, you're, you're the people that's been blowing this fire out. I want to have a word with you after the service. Um, he's, all of God is always with us all the time, regardless of our circumstances. He's never out of the picture. Jesus said that to his disciples when he told them about the Great Commission in Matthew 28. He said, I want you to go into all the world, preach the gospel, win people to, to myself, and then um, make disciples out of them, and I'll be with you always. To the, I'll, I'll be with you always. I'll always be with you. Um, well, I have so many scriptures about that in the Word of God, but I want to get through the message in time, but... Um, you know, uh, well, okay, take for example, a few, about a month or two ago when I was preaching in Hebrews, Jesus said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Never. How often is never? Never is always never. And Jesus, not, not a hunk of Jesus or a part of Jesus, or he's not on his throne, although he is, and shooting rays of Jesus rays down on us, he's here now with me and you. And that's always true. And yes, he's in heaven, making intercession for us always, but he's all of God <clears throat> is always with us all of the time, regardless of our circumstances. And that's, that's a very hard concept to grasp. But you go to Scripture, I could preach another hour or two on that concept alone. But that's up for us to grab. I mean, it's right here. Um, do not fear. Why? For I am, the great I am is with you. Okay? 
And so when we feel overwhelmed by our fears for whatever reason, some of you came in here with fears, fear of the future, fear of uncertainties, fear of a relationship or, the, or lack thereof. I remember being 27 and all my friends were married and I wasn't and, and I wanted to be married and I wasn't. And God said, just focus on me. I need to be your focus, not a, a marriage partner. But I was afraid. I was afraid I was going to be single all my life. And uh, most of you know my wife, and you know that I was, I was hugely blessed. But I had to wait till 28, <laughs> not 27. I feared not being married. I feared, we fear, we fear all kinds of things. What are you fearing today? Not out loud, but you know, what, what's, what's under your skin? What's kind of uh, monopolizing uh, you Mentally, what's your fear? See, I don't have any fears. Well, you are a blessed person. God bless you. You will. You'll have fears. Do you walk around the house thinking, I wonder if I'm going to be persecuted for my faith? Do you wonder about the future? Do you wonder? Are you afraid? God says, I'm always with you, all of me, all of the time. I'm with you. Okay? And that... Okay, if you've ever just sat and meditated on something like this, and by the grace of the Holy Spirit, that will melt your fear like, uh, like putting a, a dish of ice cream out on the patio in 90-degree weather. It's like, Ugh. I don't know why I picked that analogy, cause, but I usually pick food analogies for some reason. I'm not sure. But it'll just melt. And then there's another reason why... Um, uh, uh, um, we break, or way that we break the force of fear. We realize that's a command, not an option. Okay, and, and, and we're told that God is with us all of the time. But to break the force of fear in our lives, we must remember that God is always for us. He's not always with us. He's for us. Look back at Isaiah 41.10. I'm going to take a little drink of water Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. And here it comes again. I, have, uh, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Oops. I will, I will strengthen you and help you. Well, I'm going to just read it. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. Why shouldn't I be monopolized or capitalized by my fears? Because God is always for us. For us, okay? When our fears threaten us, he's willing to get this, work on our behalf. That's what it means when it says here, God is for us. Isn't God busy? And doesn't he have a lot of people to deal with, with, with more problems than me? Um, he, no, because God is outside of time. And um, I'm giving you a lot of very heavy thoughts, but the Bible tells us that God is outside of time. He's always for us. He's always willing to work on our behalf. He is willing to work on your and my behalf as if we're the only person alive on earth. That is a, the dead center truth. 
If, 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 if you were the, or I were the only person on earth, God would be willing. It, and, it's, and that's how it is. So whatever is causing your fears, God's willing to work on your behalf either to get you through it or to resolve the issue. Very often both. But in his timing, of course, he's on our side. He says, don't be dismayed. I am your God. I'm for you. Do not fear. I am with you, but don't be dismayed, for I am your God. The word dismay here can mean a number of things, but it means don't be so distressed uh, that, you're, uh, uh, that you get to the point of unbelief. Don't get so stressed about it. And another th- thing that dismayed, dismayed can mean is don't look around in terror. Don't have your head on a swizzle, swivel or swizzle if you want, but don't, don't, don't look around going, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Okay? You don't need to do that. Why? Because he says, I'm your God. That's a tender thing to say, isn't it? I'm your God. He doesn't say, you're my child here. He says, I'm your God. When fear about something, the recession or a person or an unmet need or the past or the future or war or sin or money or relationships or you name it, fear comes in all sizes and shapes and colors and they all press in on us. We need to remember that he is our God. Ours. Ours. Now, this is going to sound a little bit weird. Don't go out of church today and say to your neighbor, man, our pastor went off his rocker today. He sounds like one of them TV preachers and blah, 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 blah. But I'm going to say it because I think it's true. There is, in a sense, that we possess God as much as he possesses us. Nobody's walking out. That's good. We possess God as almost in the same sense as he possesses us. Why do you say that? Because he says, I'm your God. I'm your God. And whatever is causing you to be afraid, I'm your God. I'm going to work on your behalf. You're not alone. And I've commanded you, don't be afraid. Fear not. And I'm with you. In all of your circumstances, I'm always completely with you all of the time. I'm with you. But I'm going to work on you. I'm for you. I'm your God. Okay? You know, one of Satan's most draining and subtle tactics, and he's got a whole uh, bag full of them, but one of them is when he tries to fill our minds full of what-ifs. Anybody ever have a what-if? in your mind what if what if what if what if what if this what if that what if he what if she what if them what if what if what if what if what if what if and we're so filled with what ifs that we can't deal with what we're um involved in we're just we're possessed by what ifs he fills our mind with what ifs or fearful unknowns or how is this going to resolve itself? How is this going to get resolved? How is this going to get resolved? How is this? And he just fills our minds with that. But we need to remember that if God is for us, who can be against us? We're told that in Romans. And Christ, because he loves us and he's for us, he'll help us conquer our fears. Of course, standard, one of the standard uh, texts on this whole thing is in Matthew chapter 10, verse 29. 
Listen closely. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet now one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your father. And even if the very hairs of your head are all numbered, uh, and even the very hairs of your head are all numbered, so don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. Okay, and then the last one here, because I really, really want to, to, uh, to get through this well. We break the power of fear, and by the way, well, I'll say it at the end of the ser- sermon too, but this, please look up here. If you're, if you're kind of drifting off or um, asleep, I know some of you have been praying for me during the service, and that's, that's been really cool. Thank you for the prayers and stuff, but... Um, But I want to just say from personal experience, this takes mental concentration. It does. You can't do this without concentrating. Okay, because there's all these things that, all these distractions. I'm glad when I was a young person, and I'm glad the technology age didn't happen when I was a younger person, because I'm easily distracted as it is. And um, I tell Debbie, man, I'm glad I'm a preacher because <laughs> I have trouble listening to people on Sunday morning. I drift, you know. I, I have trouble concentrating. Um, but it takes mental concentration to do this. And you have to just kind of, I've said it before, you have to kind of put your head in a clamp and tighten it up so you can concentrate on this one verse or whatever it says, don't fear in the scriptures. Um, And that's true of all the messages I'll be preaching on this summer, by the way. Takes concentration. When I preach on worry and anxiety and how to deal with that, it takes concentration. When I preach on how to be delivered, it takes concentration. It just does. Anyway, I wanted to share that. Um, I'll share that briefly at the end of the message. But let's go to the last uh, way that we can face our fears. Let's look at these. We, we're commanded not to fear. That's one. God is with us. All of God is always with us all of the time, regardless of our circumstances. Just mm, yum, yum. Drink it in. It's delicious. And he's always for us. Because why? Because he's our God. I think we can be a lot more audacious when it comes to God than we think. God wants us to be persistent and bold and audacious when we come before the throne of grace with confidence because he's our God. He's not going to give us anything he doesn't want to, but he wants to give us freedom from fear. And then lastly here, he says, I will, I will strengthen you and I'll help you and uphold you with my righteous right hand. So what is that saying? Not only God is, is, is uh, uh, with us and for us, God is available to us. He's available. That sounds kind of weird talking about God that way, doesn't it? God's available. Gee, I wonder if God's available. Yeah, God's available. And in three ways. Number one, he says, I will strengthen you. God has said that I will anoint you with divine power in the midst of your fears. I mean, there's all kinds of promises in this, isn't there? But God's, God's divine power is available to us when we're afraid of something. God's divine power that, that, that lives within us through, through our relationship with Christ is available to us when we're afraid. 
okay? His strength is available to us, whatever our issue is. That's a promise. God can't lie, okay? A second thing is his help is available to us. This is getting better and better. He says, I will strengthen you, I will help you. It, and he says the same thing right down in verse 13, for I am the Lord your God, in uh, Isaiah 41, who takes hold of your right hand, he says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Okay, you ever say, you ever say I need help? God says, okay, I will, I'll help you. I'll do the heavy lifting for you, okay? And I'll remove the source of your fear, Okay, when he's done using that fear to have us de more dependent on him and to, and, to, and, to, and to help us grow, because sometimes he uses fears to do that, our part is to just trust he's, he, that he's in control and he'll help us. And then it gets even better than that. He says, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, you're proud of me. I hope you're proud of me because I did my homework on this one because I've never really fully understood what that means. He will uphold you with his righteous right hand. And I made some really bad interpretations of this and passed it off as the truth. But I found the truth of it when I studied for this message. And here's what it means. When it says here, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand, um, it means this, that when he says, uh, I will uphold you, with my righteous right hand. I, got, I, got, I have to really concentrate to say this correctly. What he means is that he will provide for us perfect um, power. He uses the word righteous, and that means perfect. And he uses the phrase or the words right hand, and that means infinite power. And so he says, I will uphold you. I'll support you. I will uh, conquer fear, the fears in your life, with perfect power. And you say, well, how is God going to do that? I don't know. But he does. You ever, you ever, you ever, hear, you ever realize that? I don't know how he's going to do it. But he does it. And that's the joy of living a, a spiritual life is that God makes these promises and you, you believe in faith that they're true and we've got we to trust him with a, even a mustard seed grain of faith, as Jesus says. But he does. And somehow that, 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 that uh, uh, barrier, that, that rock, that wall, that, that fence that, 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 that we can't get through, around, under, or over, God just dissolves it. And I want you to know that he'll do that for your fear. So what are you facing? I think that's a fair question. I can tell you what I'm facing. I'm not going to tell you, but what are you, you know, what, 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 what are you facing? Are you, are you giving the fears to him? All these promises are yours. They're in your lap. They're in your lap. All you got to do is pick them up and use them. Now, how do you do that? Here's how you do it, and then I'll close. Number one, you have to be in the Word of God. You have to go through the Bible and God and read about this stuff. And I'm not, I'm not here to, I'm not going to convict anybody because that's not my job. Some pastors think it's their job to convict people. So they beat the sheep. I'm here to feed the sheep and let the Holy Spirit, but are you in the Word? 
daily as much as you can? Are you spending quality time in it? You know, enough to where God, because that's where you get these gems. Or just look up fear in, on your, uh, online. Say Bibles on, uh, verses on how to conquer fear, but get in the word of God. Because if you and I don't, we're going to walk around half afraid of about everything. So get in the word. And then the second thing is pray. Pray. When you're sitting in your easy chair or whatever chair you like or couch, whatever, whatever you're comfortable in, your bed, you've got to go to prayer. And you've got to hear God talk back to you in prayer. You say, did God talk to you in prayer? Yeah, God speaks to me in prayer. Now, it's, it's a thing that I really can't explain. And I never used that. It was always me dishing out a long grocery list to God, you know. But then I began to listen to God and try to just let him talk. And, and, and at times, uh, a thought will come to my mind that I know has come from God. You've got to be discerning. That's not you or the, the enemy. And you've got to be listening. But God, will, will, we, God wants us to talk to him, but God will also move in our spirit and talk to us. And we need to pray. I was reading one of David Jer Dr. David Jeremiah's devotional, and he tells this story. A Tampa doctor was tragically killed in 2019 when his airplane crashed without warning. Investigators discovered an airport worker had pumped the wrong fuel into his engine. The aircraft lost power shortly after takeoff and crashed into a soybean field, and he was killed. You know, you, you don't get the right fuel. You ain't going to fly. Your fear will cause us to crash and burn. The fuel is the word of God through the Holy Spirit speaking to us and prayer. Tender, serious, sincere, listening, praying, speaking prayer. And fear will take a long walk off a short pier for you and for me. And we'll be free from that. And I don't know what fear you came into today, but you just got the answer to that fear. And I hope you apply it to your life. If you're not a Christian here this morning, I always kind of reserve about 30 seconds at least for that. Maybe it should be more, but if you're under the power of fear, um, if you become a Christian, if you invite Jesus Christ into your life as Lord and Savior, you repent of your sin, turn the other way from it and turn to Jesus. Believe that he shed his blood on the cross for your sin and that he rose again on the third day and you ask him to come and make you one of his children and give you forgiveness. You'll have the antidote for fear too. Doesn't mean it won't be, it doesn't mean it'll be easy all the time, but you have the antidote. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the scripture that we've gone through today. And I know if anybody else here is human like me, and they are, that something has been challenging them and, and, and t maybe even intimidating or ridiculing them with fear. Um, it seems to be on their mind all the time or more than, than it should. And there's nothing wrong with being concerned and there's nothing wrong with uh, uh, wondering what's going to happen. But Lord, to be intimidated and filled and controlled by by fear from the world, the flesh, or the devil is not your plan for us. You've given us the, um, the, the, the solution right 
here. And now it's up to us to run with the ball until we get freedom from fear. And it can happen. I'm, I can testify to that. I can testify to being obsessed with fear at times and go, of something, circumstances or whatever, and then going to this verse and have it conquer that fear because it's coming from you. And I pray for my friends here today. They, they came in here just like worried and just, um, just give them the peace that passes understanding. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.